Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode 98, recorded April 19th, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, Mitsubishi admits cars are easy to steal. LPU now has a website and the mat. First underwater out of pack pick. Fire department forcible entry techniques for padlocks, sales giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of this show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to video versions on YouTube, Odyssey, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and links, but you can always find full show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com slash the episode number. In this case, thelocksportscast.com slash 98. A quick clarification, there was some confusion last week about what I was talking about on the Apple Podcasts announcement I made. Uh, that's my fault, I wasn't completely clear. The audio version of this podcast, the audio-only version, has been available as an audio-only podcast on Apple Podcasts since the beginning, but I just recently got approved a video version on the Apple Podcasts app. And that will allow you to subscribe to the video version as a video podcast, if you so choose. I received a note from uh, Tiger Trav a couple of weeks ago regarding the story I covered on push-button vehicles being easier to steal. He said, in regards to the article you mentioned in episode 96 regarding push-button start being easier to steal, I thought I'd share the following from Mitsubishi UK website where they acknowledge that 99% of push-button start cars are susceptible to relay attacks. With dealership-level tools, it is indeed possible to turn off the proximity functions, so the key must be physically present in the car to start it. I personally don't think Mitsubishi should be charging customers for this. Hey, we installed a faulty security system, pay us 60 pounds extra to turn it off, but it is an option. The screenshots he shared from the Mitsubishi Motors site say, Are Mitsubishi cars vulnerable to this kind of attack? Mitsubishi Motors is constantly endeavoring to maintain the highest standard of vehicle security, and we are currently investigating how best to tackle this latest criminal strategy. This is such a new development that recent tests have shown that 99% of all cars currently on sale can be targeted in this way, including our vehicles. Is there anything that can be done to stop this? Yes, there are a few options. If you bring your car into your local Mitsubishi dealership, they can do one of the following. 1. Switch off the keyless entry function, which means you would instead use the key fob buttons to open the doors. The keyless start function, where you push the start button with the key in your pocket, would still operate. Your car cannot be opened by using the relay device. Number 2. Switch off the keyless start function, which means you can unlock the car by pushing the button on the door, but you would need to put a key in the designated location, which varies by model, to start the engine. Your car could potentially be accessed by a relay device, but it cannot be started or driven. Is there a charge for this? This is at the dealer's discretion, so you would need to check with them first. The maximum they would charge would be 30 minutes labor meaning no more than 60 pounds. It is also worth remembering that 
any setting the dealer programs in would require another dealer visit to alter later, so make sure you're comfortable with your choice. If I didn't want to do that, what other measures could I take? Storing your key far away from outside walls and doors makes it harder to relay a signal to the car, but we can't guarantee the effectiveness of doing this because every house, every driveway, and every relay theft device is different. More traditional deterrents like parking the car in the garage, closing gates, using steering locks, etc. all help discourage car thieves. Uh, Trav continues, Additionally, there is a rental car company based in the U.S., who's been fitting combination locks to the vehicle's OBD ports as an added layer of security. Finally, in terms of restricting access to OBD programmers, many of these tools are made as OBD diagnostic scan tools for legitimate mechanics and car enthusiasts who would be able to carry out repairs on their vehicles. Read the read and reset fault codes, engine warning light, etc. And attempting to ban or restrict their sale might impede on right to repair laws enacted in many parts of the world. Some of this mechanic work may include replacing the damaged ECU, think flood damage like what we've experienced in Australia in the past month. And if a replacement ECU can be sourced, it would need to have the original keys programmed into its memory in order to start the car. This is why mechanics need to have access to the immobilizer system. And I agree. Um, Some of you may not know, but I worked at a Honda dealership here in the States for about five years in the parts and service department. I'm very familiar with these procedures. However, I wouldn't put it past the manufacturers, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. I wouldn't put it past manufacturers to try and use this security flaw that they themselves have introduced as a way to try to fight back against right to repair that they can increase the security if they restrict access to who can program these cars. Anyway, just my thoughts. Moving on to community news, LPU, or Lockpickers United, now has a website. This was announced by Picksmith. He said, Good morning, Pickaholics. This is a two-part announcement for the community. The LPU now has a website that was born today. And this was last week. And it's www.lockpickersunited.org. And it's fairly new, but it has a section for articles and a section about the belt system and for STL library for things you can print related to Locksport on your 3D printer. Picksmith continues, The second thing is that last year I wrote a post on handmade security pins. Well, that post has now turned into a 43-page handbook of challenge locks. It also lives on the LPU site and will go up on challengelocks.com at a later date. If you recall, an episode or so ago, I mentioned that he was asking for information on the history of challenge locks in a couple of discords. Well, that was in relation to this article. And the intro to the article gives a quick description of what it's about. It says, this handbook was born out of a post I made on Facebook. It is a community document about challenge locks and information that can be used to understand and make them. He also says this is a community project that will continue to grow as people help out with additional information and photos. You can check that out at lockpickersnight.org and go to the articles section, and that's where you'll find it. Lockpickers United also has made a change to part of the belt system and the Don system, which is a 
the Don Point system is, or Dan Points is a system that helps black belts continue to progress after they've earned their black belts. And they call this the mat. And there was an announcement in the Discord that said, you will notice a new channel has appeared for you today, the mat. All projects submitted for black belt application or for Dan Points are judged by the black belt community here. A black belt application worthy project would be a tier two by community judgment. And then from the Lockpickers United website, there's a little more detail. It says the mat is a core part of the new Dan 2.0 system. It is used for collecting community judgment on non-lockpicking points, including new black belt applications. Earning Dan points on the mat can also be accomplished completing projects within the following disciplines. Impressioning, safe lock manipulation, picking instruction, challenge locks, tool making, tool manufacturing, lock design, lock manufacturing, cutaway making. You can also nominate others to receive points through exceptional knowledge of locks, community leadership, and lock distribution. Community projects will be submitted for a vote in the Black Belt community in the MAT channel to place them within their tier structure for that discipline. The generic tier point structure is below. Some disciplines may have less tiers and or less point value based on their relative difficulty. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Uh, (laughs) But it says uh, you have tier zero, which is zero points, unworthy. Tier one, five points novice tier 2 10 points apprentice tier 3 20 points journeyman tier 4 34 points expert tier 5 50 points mastery they give they go on to give some instructions on how to submit and then they say a moderator will place in the channel along with an at black belt mention as soon as possible so long as there aren't already several votes taking place All Black Belt members will have five days from post time to vote using number emojis, zero through five. If two or more tiers are tied, the vote will round up to the highest tier. After five days, moderator will close out the vote by posting the result of the vote and confirming the point value of that project. So this is specifically, as it says, for non-lock picking accomplishments. And while I think it's good to to put it to community vote. I do worry that it could end up being potentially a little of a a popularity contest that people who are better known in the community and well liked might have an easier time getting a higher tier vote, making it a little less objective and a little more subjective. But uh, we'll see how it goes. And Dark Arts Lockpicking announced that they have revamped their website. A new look, a new layout, uh, some new sections added. And one of those sections is a forum. A new place to talk about locks and ask questions. So if you are interested in the forum format of online communication, that is certainly a place you can go check out. And that's at the dalp.com.au or dalp.com.au or check out their shop for things that you can purchase and the other items that they have to offer on their site. And first up in videos, we have what appears to be the first underwater out of the pack pick. This was done by Panda Frog in his video English 289. Underwater out of the pack pick of a casino 
aluminum padlock 30 millimeter black. And yes, I said aluminum because that is how it is spelled. That is, and even though my spell check highlights it, that is a valid spelling depending on where you live in the world. So I know there are lots of people like to argue back and forth about that, but over there it's aluminum. Over here it's aluminum. Anyway, congratulations to Panda Frog on the first underwater out of the pack pick. I have submitted that as a suggestion for Lockie Awards out of the pack pick category for next year. iFisk sent in a couple of videos, and I may have linked to these before. I honestly didn't have time to check, but I thought they were interesting. We have padlock forcible entry training for firefighters and emergency responders. The first is a video on the channel Irons and Ladders. And it shows just how difficult a master lock can be to physically destroy. They may be easy to pick in a lot of cases, but some of them are actually very strong against forcible entry attacks. The description said, here is a padlock forcible entry training video. It also demonstrates slide locks being attacked. This video shows a large amount of conventional irons work. It allows you to see where the irons apply and also where they may fall short. Saw work is also covered and shows how effective saws can be on certain locks. The second video is Forcing Padlocks with Hand Tools by Fire Engineering. And this one goes into showing different ways to defeat the American 700 style locks, both the American version and the clones, and shows just how different the two can be. They demonstrate three different methods for manually defeating American 700-style padlocks, and a couple of which they only demonstrate on the knockoff American 700 locks because the actual American 700s are a lot more difficult to get through. And for meetups, just a quick reminder, Besides Seattle 2022 has a lockpicking village for learning the basics of lockpicking and getting some hands-on practice. That will be Saturday, May 14th, and that will be at B-Sides Seattle. You can find more information at bsidesseattle.com. We have a new Black Belt Picker announced in the Lockpickers United Discord, and they say, It gives me great pleasure to welcome a long-standing member of our community, Den Brass, to the rank of Black Belt. Over many years of picking, he has mentored many through tricky picks and their first and advanced challenge locks. Along the way, he has shown mastery of manipulation of a 6700 Group 2 safe, great picking skill in opening the WSW and ASA 6K, and earned a fearsome reputation as a challenge lock builder with around 250 challenge locks out there. And Sir Paradise uh, chimed in also on Discord and said, Den Brass was a huge influence in my early picking days and was the one whom named me Mr. Paradise. He was also so generous and sent me two medicos that were pinned in a fashion to allow me a chance to learn and progress. He is also a great community member and a dear friend whom I hope to meet in person one day. So congratulations to Den Brass. I have been hearing that name for a long time. Never actually had inter- any interaction, but uh, never heard anything but good things about Den Brass. So congratulations on your new black belt. 
And PandaFrog announced that they have a final result for the hashtag SpeedAbis competition. He said, sorry for the delay. I was on vacation and then a little decommissioned by COVID, but now I'm back and ready to announce the winner. The winner with a picking time of 0.467 seconds is Gilligans. Congratulations to Gilligans. With that, I'd like to say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. We'll start with the Patreon subscribers. We have Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lee Bond's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, JHP Picking, and Bare Bones Lock Picking. Chief content producer for this episode is Pandafrog. Other content producers are Albert LaBelle, Bare Bones Lock Picking, Cherell, Dark Arts Lock Picking, Gravity Karma, Ifisk. Joe Picks, John Locke, Joshua Gonzalez, Picksmith, Pocket Woman, Sir Paradise, Tiger Trav, Tony Vrelli, and Zachary Willard. Thank you to all of you for your support and the information that you sent in. This show would not be possible without you. And because this show would not be possible without support, please, if you enjoy this show, if you think it is of value to the community, please help support it. Share a little bit of that value back. And the way you can do that best is by sending in your information, news, links, giveaways, anything you have that's Locksport related that I can share on the show. Anything you think the community might benefit from knowing or would just like to know, please send it in to podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes. Don't forget to share the podcast with your lock picking friends. You can leave a review, thumbs up, comment, whatever your platform of choice allows. If you want to support financially, you're welcome to do so, but not required. You can donate on PayPal or subscribe on Patreon. You can find all the different ways to support the show at thelocksportscast.com slash support. If you support the show with a donation or information I use on the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. Quick reminder, if you have any interesting stories about things that have happened to you because you're in Locksport, please send them in. I would love to share them on the show. If you have feedback that you would like to provide me about the show, you can go to locksportscast.com slash contact and send me some feedback. That can be confidential or I can share it on the show. That's your choice. If you want it shared on the show, just make sure it's reasonable length, polite, work family safe, not political, and not just drama. No, uh, no criminal stories or other stories this week, so we're just going to get right on to sales. We have the bare bones lockpicking discount codes First is 20% off of the Ultimate Lock Picking Kit in the Molly case with the code from Pocket Woman, which is PWLikesMolly20, and that is valid until the 1st of May. It's good for one use per person. And also valid until the 1st of May is the Lock Sportscast code, which is Listen to the Lock Sportscast 2022, and that is good for 15% off store wide on top of other discounts or sale items. A very generous coupon code, and I can see why that one needs to expire. If you happen to be shopping at lockpickmall.com, you have two choices of coupon codes. You can get 6% off with Albert LaBelle's code, which is Albert, or you can get 6% off with Joe Pick's code, which is Joe Picks. And over at mattslockpit.com, if you're interested in custom picks, he still has a few that are flagged as being on sale. And if you head over to 3dlocksport.com for some 3D printed 
Locksport Accessories, you can get 10% off with the code LSCAST10. And we have the ever-present 15% off at MakoLocks.com with the code BUYMAKO. And 10% off at UKLockPickers.co.uk with the code GIFT. Moving on to giveaways. First off, we have the Joe Picks and John Locke 500 subscriber double giveaway. Entries will be accepted through May 10th, 2022. There are videos by both Joe Picks and John Locke on this giveaway. In order to find out the rules, you will have to go through and watch both of their videos. So congratulations to John Locke and Joe Picks on making 500 subscribers. I believe they're both well past 500 now. Zachary Willard is having a 100 subscriber giveaway and challenge. The hashtag DuckDuckGoose giveaway challenge. The rules as listed on the YouTube video say lay out at least five locks in random order. The locks need to be ones you have picked or can pick just so everyone has a shot at entry. Number two, blindfold yourself and select your first two locks, which are the ducks. The third lock you select is goose. This is the lock you must pick open to gain entry. You may take off the blindfold and pick the lock in the video to gain your one entry. Only one entry per person. Post your video, including the hashtag. The prizes are Kiso 2013 pin, two custom lock picks with custom glow handles, a collection of glow coins, glow pellet, and glow bead with 550 cord, and more prizes to be added, it says. And congratulations to Zachary Willard on his 100 subscribers. Also, Mini Panda Frog 2 giveaway from Panda Frog is still running, and that will be running until Mini Panda Frog 2 is born. The expected due date is June 8th at this point. There are four chances to win, but only one prize per person. The different ways you can win are being the closest to guessing the birth date, the closest to guessing the birth weight, the guess, the closest to guessing the birth size, and there will be one random draw. The prize grows with the amount of entries, so the more people that enter, the better the potential prize. So you might want to head over there and get your entries in. As always, CLK Supplies does their hashtag LockBoss giveaway. Lots of good prizes over there. Since they are a locksmith supply company, they have a lot of selection of good stuff to give away. Remember to send me any information you have that's locksport related, even if you don't think it's important. I could probably use it on the show at some point, even if it's not right away. If it's not usable, no harm done. I really appreciate all of your patience. I am seeing the light at the window as far as my schedule. By the beginning of next month, I should be on a relatively normal schedule, and hopefully I can get back to doing a little better, more informed episodes. But thank you, and keep it legal. Legal.